one. Fantastic. Hey, we're so glad you're here today. Wasn't that an incredible time of praise and worship? Should we give a thank you to our worship team? I'm so thankful for what God's doing in our praise and worship. You know, this doesn't just happen. These guys give their time during the week. They're a part of a worship community that's led by Smudge and Janine. And they don't just kind of pitch up here Sunday mornings. They're praying during the week. They're they're rehearsing the skills that God has given them during the week. And I don't know about you, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the men and women that serve on our, our worship team. And hey, it's good to be back. I've been gone for a couple of weeks. Me and uh, Gina have been gone for, I think it's three weeks we've been gone. And just been hearing incredible things. I know Sean did um, a stunning couple of weeks um, while I was gone. And then uh, Stuart was on last week speaking about the church. And that's who we are. We had a great time. We were over in Florida. We were visiting our son, Ethan. And a lot of you may remember Ethan when he was about four foot. And this, yeah, he's like six foot five now. He's like this, this giant of a man. I was in one church preaching on Zacchaeus. And I was going to use him as an example, but I realized I couldn't use him as Zacchaeus. He needed to be the tree. I'm, I'm a little old man on his shoulders now. I can remember a time when I used to carry Ethan around on my shoulders, you know. And uh, boy, he was heavy to carry then, but now it's like he picks me up and throws me around. But it was just a joy to be with Ethan. And um, also Olivia flew in, so we had a couple of days. You know, when, when your kids are serving God and following God and it takes them across the nations. It's a joy just to, just to come together and uh, had an opportunity to minister as well. We saw um, over 30 people born again in one, on one Sunday in one church and then about uh, 20 or so born again. So it was just, don't you love it, that God is saving people. People are turning their eyes to him. And then last weekend, um, Gina was on online church, hosting online church. And don't forget, if ever you can't come to our gathering, um, we've always got our online congregation, which is an, a live online congregation that's happening at the same time. But I went from the, the Riviera of Florida to the Riviera of Torquay. I was in Torquay last weekend and uh, with the, those who eat pasties and cream teas. Just a, a quick vote. Who thinks that you should have jam before cream on a cream tea? Could I see your hands? Bless you, bless you, bless you. Any other people think that you should have cream first and then jam? No, we'll be, we're going to have prayer cues afterwards for you guys so that you can see the light like we've seen the light. And uh, again, last week in Torquay, 13 people responded as I gave a gospel appeal to choose Jesus, not religion. Isn't that awesome what God is doing on the earth? But you know what? Like they say, there's no place like home. It's a joy to be back today. And also a joy to be a part of the final Sunday of our, um, this will get you intrigued, why has he got a bagel? Well, all will be revealed later. Why has he got a bagel and some fennel seeds on there? All will be revealed, all right? That will keep your interest. Like you turn it, why would he bring fennel seeds? Because he forgot to go to the shop and buy a packet of other seeds. That's a simple answer, but all will be revealed. Now... We're in the final Sunday of our opportunity to be giving not just our tithes but into Vision Sunday which is about taking care of our community and I'm really excited about that. You know last night as a family um, we were able to give online into that because like many of you we get paid at the end of the month so I was kind of waiting for the end of the month 
before we could sow into um, what Family Church are doing in the vision offering. But as I was getting ready to sow in, I was reminded and I was thankful for the opportunity that our month of giving in November, normally we have one day to our vision offering, but this year we did it a little bit differently. We did it over the month. But I was just reminded as I was preparing what we were going to sow from me and Gina into the vision offering of Portsmouth, just I was reminded how sowing seed is a godly thing. Sowing seed isn't a man-made invention. And I thought this morning it would be really good to encourage us about the power of what happens when we don't just tithe and give God and return to God to tithe, but when we have a life of sowing. And I'm not just speaking of money, I'm speaking of time, I'm speaking of serving. You know, this morning there's many people benefiting from this service because a handful of people were here at seven and I heard it was cold this morning and they were setting all this up so that other people could benefit from what God was doing. What is that if it's not sowing? So often when we talk about sowing seed, we can think, oh, that's a money message. It's not a money message, <clears throat> it's a life message. Because what I've discovered in life is simply this, life is a garden. And we have an opportunity each and every day to sow into the garden of life because God invented that principle he set that as a law or a principle in motion, never to harm us, but to give us the opportunity to walk in his goodness, but also change other people's lives. So this week has been, this month has been an opportunity and it's reminded me of a principle that we've taught for years and we actually haven't taught it for a while, which we would term, if you're new to Christianity, sowing and reaping. Now, it's not just Christians that believe in sowing and reaping. The world believes in it. They use expressions to define it like, he will get his. Have you ever heard that? When somebody does something wrong or someone's a bit nasty, you hear somebody, especially with a good Portsmouth accent like mine. You're not, yeah, that Devon accent was really weird last week. I'm glad to be back where people speak normally. And... Um, <laughs> But, you know, often when somebody does something wrong, you go, oh, don't you worry, life's long, he'll get his. What are they saying? What you sow, you're going to reap. It's not just a negative, it's a positive. And I really believe for us that live our lives sowing for the things of God, when we look at heaven one day, we can understand that heaven is where the good guys get theirs. Because a lot of what we do on earth, we don't see a reward. But yet the Bible says, whenever something's sown, something is grown. Amen? So we understand that sowing and reaping is something, it's a principle or a law established to God. Now we understand other laws and principles like gravity. The law of gravity, which says what goes up must come down. I hope you believe in that, that you're not trying to defy gravity daily in your life. Because newsflash, gravity will win. All right, It's a principle and a law that we live constantly with, never denying it, but often living in the advantage of it. The people that enabled me to get to Florida to see my son played with gravity and enabled us to defy gravity in a big steel um, minibus with wings. And we got to America. You know, gravity is real. But when we look at this 
law or this principle because it carries over. It didn't stop at the cross. It continues this side of the cross. We see that it's established by God. And it's a godly principle that when it's done correctly, does three things. All right? Number one, it benefits us. God gave us the ability to sow so that we could secure our future and not be like helpless sparrows sitting in a nest waiting for mama to feed us. Number two, it helps others. And this is the bit I want to highlight today. But when we sow seed, often when we speak about seed time and harvest, it's about what we sow and what we get. Can we break that open a little bit wider today and see that when we sow, it also brings blessing to others. That God will return to us. But come on, let's just forget about that bit. And see that when we sow, what we sow brings blessing to others. And number three, it brings God glory and thanks. So if you're making notes today, correct seed time and harvest or sowing and reaping. Number one, benefits us. Number two, it helps other people. And number three, it ends up bringing God the glory and the thanks that he deserves. So we talk about sowing and reaping, and I, I, I want to get to one part of this today. So I'm not going to teach on sowing and reaping, just highlight a couple of thoughts to get where I want to end up. We also refer to sowing and reaping as seed time and harvest. Now, you don't have to be a farmer to know the principle of seed time and harvest. That a farmer lives in harvest because he took the time to sow seed. If he doesn't sow seed, he'll get weed. Not the type that you're smoking is illegal. I'm talking about thistles and thorns. They grow on their own. But a farmer, you see, constantly has a cycle in his life of plowing the ground, sowing seed, so that he can stand in harvest. God invented this principle, and we see it referred to in Genesis 8, verses 22, when Noah steps off of the ship, God says to him, listen, Noah, I've set you up for success. What you sow, you're going to reap. And God puts it this way. He names four things. He says, as long as the earth remains, still there, right? Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. I went to sleep last night over 100% confident that when I woke up it would be daytime. Why? Because we know God set that into order. I know living in England that there's times when it's hot and it's times when it's cold. Please give us some more hot bits, God. Can I hear an amen? amen. But there is a hot and there is a cold. There is a... Can I get those back up? There is a summer... And there is a winter. Again, that can be a bit foggy in England, but it's definitely there. But the first thing that God names when he gives these four things that prove principles that are in existence, if you agree with them or not, is seed, time, and harvest. But there's a time of sowing, and then there's a time of reaping. But also, Paul picks up on this when he's teaching in Galatians 6. And Paul puts it this way, that God is not mocked, what a man sows, that he's going to reap. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. Now, that's a neutral principle that will work positive or negative. 
You can use that principle that God's left in position to bless your life and to bless the life of others, or you can use it to ruin your life because everything is seed. A grumpy attitude is seed. Why have I got so many grumpy people around me? Because you're grumpy. Why does no one ever encourage me? When's the last time you encouraged someone? We can't expect harvest without seed. That's why our attitudes, the way we treat people, what we do with our time, what we do with our energy, what we do with our money, all of those things are opportunities to cause a harvest in our world. Well, I don't believe in it. It doesn't matter if you believe, God does. And he isn't mocked, whatever, positive, negative, flesh, spiritual. Whatever a man sows into, he will reap from. Isn't that awesome that God gives us opportunity to control a lot of a harvest? Now, certain things happen in our life and we didn't see that coming. And I've been in moments when I said, excuse me, I didn't sow for that. That's not my harvest. Sometimes, how can we put this nicely? Poo happens. But outside of those moments where poo happens, and I'm not talking about a trendy bear, we have an element of control in our life. And we have to determine, wait a moment, life is a garden. And what I sow, I will reap. So let me control what I'm putting in the ground. So I can control the harvest in the life of others, but also that which comes back to me. Now this is the bit I want to get to today, because you've heard this talk about how a man sows and he reaps. And it's almost like something going on between God and us. When actually, when we look at seed time and harvest correctly, it's not just about God and us. It's about the others we bless when we sow. And I think this is really timely when we consider the purpose of this year's vision offering. That this year we said, come on, over COVID and over the last 18 months, we may have had some challenges with our meetings. But boy, have we released food out of the Empower Center like never before. Have we done baby basics like never before. Where we may have been stunted in one area of church life, I want to, trust me, the Empower Center, the back of the Empower Center was never busier. The amount of people that were fed from this church, the amount of people that were taken care of from your church, the amount of people, single parents that had stuff when their babies were born and they wouldn't have had those things. How were we able to do that? Not by government grants, but by your giving in moments like this. Now don't get me wrong, we have had government grants and we're very thankful for them. But the consistent ability to keep blessing our community comes from us understanding when we sow, others are affected. Everybody with me? So I wrote this in my journal last night. So often this promise, seed time and harvest, sowing and, rinse, uh, sowing and reaping, <clears throat> focuses on us and our return, what we'll get in return. But we need to also remember it's a way of living that benefits and meets the needs of others on God's behalf. Isn't that powerful? So often when I've heard seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping taught, it doesn't involve normally anyone apart from God who gives and us who receive, we sow and get back again. But what I want you to do is open your minds. I want you to see the spaces between the raindrops. 
this morning and see this in a different way. That not only will God bring back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over, but he also uses the moment of you living in seed time and harvest. Not a one-off, a constant lifestyle like evangelism and worship. Something we're constantly doing, sowing ourselves physically, emotionally, our time, our finances. God uses that to bless people that need to be blessed. Now, I want us to look at how Paul teaches this. If you've got your Bibles with us, turn to 2 Corinthians. And I'm going to read this because Paul lays it out really well. I have stolen, well, I had her permission. I stole Gina's legendary um, Passion Translation Bible this morning. And she was almost a little bit touchy with it. I said, I need that Passion. What's my Passion? I promise I'll bring it back unharmed. Uh, hey, if you haven't enjoyed Gina's Bible teaching on the New Testament on a Monday, get tuned in. John Grant told me he's listening to it at the moment. And it's just good teaching that gives you an understanding. And you will see a regular appearance of Gina's Passion Translation Bible. And sometimes there was one clip. Was it this one that my dog ate? Our dog ate? Your dog ate? I got that the wrong way around and I corrected it quickly. You've seen me do that. Now, listen to what it says in the Passion Translation to how Paul teaches on seed time and harvest. You ready? I'm going to start reading chapter 9, start reading in verse 6. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meagre harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart. Not from a sense of religious duty or obligation. Rather, let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. All because God loves a hilarious generosity. I love that. God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. Unmerited, undeserved, unearned favour. So that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make your life overflow with abundance in every good thing you do, just as the scripture says about the one who trusts in him. Because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. Verse 10, this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, that's us, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First he supplies your every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. I want you to catch verse 11. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Isn't that a great passage of scripture? But what you've got to understand, and I saw afresh as I was reading it, the principle of sowing and reaping doesn't involve two people, it involves three Three groups of people, three individuals. So often I saw that sowing and reaping was God gives to me, I 
give out. And because I sow, God causes harvest to return to me. But we've forgotten some really important people. Those who are receiving God's goodness from our giving. And in this context, it's our community, isn't it? It's our community. That there's people being blessed because of the generosity of the church. The church is not a building, the church is people. Which means the generosity of the people that make up the church cause the people of our community to walk in blessing and have an opportunity to praise God. I love that. Because people don't care, you know, what you know until they know that you care. Another, I believe it was an African proverb, said, empty stomachs don't have ears. Empty stomachs don't have ears. When people are so caring about food on the table, electric and gas in the home, heat, food, this is the stuff that people are struggling with in our communities where our churches are planted. Why would they want to hear a gospel when their needs aren't met and they can't give brain space to a gospel? But when we begin to meet their needs in Jesus' name, suddenly they say, why would a people do that for us? And it shouldn't bring glory back to us. We should leave them saying, thank you, God, you heard my prayer when I cried out. So stay with me for a moment. Three things happen when we sow and reap. And I want you to see these three things. Number one, God the provider, it starts with God the provider, the generous one. God the provider gives us bread to eat and seed to sow. Enter the bagel. It's the best I had when I suddenly thought at the last moment I need props. There were two and I took one, so the kid that didn't get a bagel this morning, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sophie, I'm sorry, all right? Needs must. God gives us bread to eat, that's for us, but he also gives us seed to sow, fennel seeds. Again, that's all I could put my hands on today. I should have gone to pound shop and got a packet of lettuce seeds or something. It would have been a lot more dramatic, but let's not underestimate fennel seeds. It's got seeds written on it, that's good enough for me. So God gives us, all of us, bread to eat and seed to sow. We're to eat our bread and sow our seed. The problem is that many Christians dabble with sowing and reaping. They eat their bread, but sadly sometimes they also eat their seed. In eating your seed, you've made yourself well in this moment but you've denied your future. Because a farmer will take the best of his seed and set it aside for sowing, and he will eat and make bread from the rest. This isn't an Andy Elms principle. This is a kingdom principle. But God wants us to enjoy the benefits of, even when society around us is shaking and uncertain. God wants us to live in a cycle of greater certainty. Everybody still with me? Okay. So he gives, God gives us bread to eat and seed to sow. Now we're to eat the bread. Thank you, God. You've been generous to our households and our homes. Never underestimate how blessed you are. Now I know that poverty in our country is a bad thing. I'm not denying that. But I heard recently 
But actually, if you look at what we would consider the worst poverty, England is still better than four-fifths of the world. That there's people in other nations today that would beg for what we call poverty. Being able to have a food bank, etc. So let's always be sober that we are blessed, amen? We are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed. God gives us bread to eat. But he also gives us seed to sow. Now stay with me. He gives us seed to sow so that we can secure a harvest for our tomorrow. That's God and us. But also we can bring God's blessing into the life of others. Everybody with me? So it involves God the provider, us, as we live in the principle. And thirdly, others. Because we sow, other people are blessed. But number four, I've got a bit of a feedback on this, if you could get rid of it for me. Number four, the result is that God is thanked and glorified by these people. Now, again, I know I'm throwing out of a lot of words, so I want to kind of make this a visual, if that's okay. Um, Everybody up for a bit of visual? Okay, let me pull this back a little bit. All right. I need someone that represents God. It's got to be Stu, right? Stu, you come here, all right? You come here. Seriously, if you see the way this guy lives, Christ-like, this is a Christ-like man, and I mean that. Um, I've worked with I'm not calling him God. Please don't put this on YouTube or anything like that. But Christ-like? Absolutely. The way I've seen this man live for 24 years, a Christ-like man. So God represents Christ-like, all right? You've got the bread and you've got the seed, Destu, all right? Right, I'm making this up as I go along, so, so, so bear with me. And, and then it's us. Who can be us? Um, who can be Eli? You represent us. Come on, come on. You represent us. Move forward a little bit, Stu. Eli, you represent us. So you represent every one of us today. How's that feel? Feel good? Up for that? You stand next to Stuart here, all right? Now we need somebody... Not too close, we've got to have separation, remember that please. (laughs) Now we need somebody to represent the church. So okay, let's bring this into context, caring hands um, and baby basics. Di, come up here and represent baby basics, come on. (laughs) Di, heads up, baby basics. Let me put a face to... Now, have we got Annie here today? Because Annie heads up caring hands. Where's Annie, is she here? She's in kids. Um, Right, you come stand here, you represent... One aspect of what we do in church, an incredible aspect, baby basics, where we just help mums and, and, and young parents. Let's have Steve Baker. He can represent caring hands, which is putting food and help practically on the table. All right? So you stand here, a little bit closer. Not too, that's it. Perfect. So we've got God. We've got us. We've got the church. And in this context, what we're doing to reach our community. Right now, we need the community. Let's have three of you guys on the front row here to look like the community, all right? All right, come out. All right, come on, come on. So, yeah, let's get Shekinah up here as well. Let's come on. Come on. 
And Sophie Urquhart. Come on, let's have, let's have a group up here. We're reaching a lot of people each week in Family Church. These represent, I heard this morning, thousands. So they're there, all right? They're there. So this represents, in the context of our vision offering, all right, people that need help with food on the table, with heat in their home, young families that are having babies but don't have what they need, not just the practical but the support that they need. This represents our community, all right? Portsmouth, okay? Everybody with me? So this is how it works, all right? I hope this all comes together well. Cece, do you think it's going to work? I, I hope so, right? God gives bread to us and seed to sow. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Excuse me. Just because I called you Christ-like, don't... He gives bread to eat. Have a munch. That's live. That's a fresh one this morning. We've all handled it, so if you want to fake it, you can. All right. Right, he gives us bread to eat. Good bagel, eh? Good bagel. And he also gives us seed to sow. Don't eat your seed. Don't eat your seed. Whatever you do, don't eat your seed. All right? That's like saying to someone, don't sin. I know, and they end up sinning, but don't. All right. You're enjoying your bagel. Make it sound really good. Yes. Very good bagel. (laughs) Cream sheet. I love it. But you're not eating your seed, all right? What you're doing is giving your seed to the church. Now, you could be giving your seed. This is the context of what we're doing with our vision offering this year. But he could have given his seed to Stella's voice to help the people. They could be the young men and women in Moldova. It could be through the church, this instance is, or it could be through an individual. Your tithe belongs to the house of God. Your seed is up for you to sow wherever you want to sow it, wherever God touches your heart. But in this context, which is coming together really nicely, the context is our vision offering this year asked people not to give their tithe, but to enjoy your bread, sow their seed into the church so that the church, Caring Hands and Baby Basics, could deliver seed to the community. Go on, die. No one's allergic to fennel seeds, are they? I promise you there's no sesame. This is pure fennel. All right? Now, I've got to do it. They eat the seed and enjoy the seed. They just love the seed, all right, that's come from the church. Now, the community are blessed, all right, and obviously they're going to say thank you to, to die, to, to caring hands, to baby basics, but what we're looking for is for them to give their thanks to God. So just lift your hands to God. Without punching Shekinah in the eye, all right? Remember, just Christ-like, not God, okay, at the end. It's like managing an orchestra, this really is. So actually, let's follow that process again, because this is what Paul's teaching. God, in his generosity, gives bread to eat and seed to sow. Us, in our wisdom, take the bread, enjoy the bread, but we give the seed, in this instance, to the church, because this one offering was about our community, could be caring hands, it could be Wayne, it could be someone you see on the street that needs help, it could be, it could be any ma- manner of needs. But through the church, your seed is distributed all over the floor. Now, your seed is distributed to people 
in our community that aren't asking for optional food. They need food. We need an operation happening in our church through Di and through Annie and through the team. And all this happens during the week when we're not all together. But believe me, the office is busy. And especially coming, I know my dad's here. Where's my dad? Give me a wave, dad. I walk in on Thursday mornings and dad and Brian were packing up 40 one-week hampers for different families. This stuff is happening in your church. Don't ever think your church is what happens here on Sunday. This is us gathering and celebrating Jesus. But isn't it incredible to be a part of a church that's got our focus on the community? What are we believing to happen? Number one, that their needs will be met. That there'll be no one hungry, no family without food, no family without stuff they need to take care of their babies. That's what we want. But also, we're not looking for them to thank us or praise us. We're looking to, if you could move back, you three, connect our community, come forward, with God. Move forward, God. You can move. <laughs> so that they can have the relationship that we've discovered in God too. Is that clear? Let's give all of our actors a round of applause. You can keep that bagel. Oh yeah, keep it. I'll sign it for you afterwards. So that's, I know that's really simple and visual, but I think sometimes we don't understand what's happening when Pastor Stewart stands up as congregational pastor of this congregation. This is happening in all of our different congregations and says, hey, we're going to, as a church, take a vision offering. The purpose isn't to do something that doesn't matter. We want to take the seed that you bring in that vision offering and distribute it effectively in the lives of the people in our community. And I just want to say on behalf of Stuart and Carla, just a massive thank you to everyone that's given in this year's vision offering. If you haven't yet given, you can do what me and Gina did last night and do a lastminute.com um, online. Uh, not because you have to, because God doesn't want you to give out of obligation, but out of generosity, but out of revelation. Because your revelation will determine your understanding and your experience and your transformation. I don't want to preach this message and take an offering afterwards, because that would be manipulative. I wanted to talk about the principle, so that long beyond this moment of opportunity, of touching our community together as a church, we could all walk with a greater consciousness. But when we wake up tomorrow morning, number one, we understand this. Sowers are a part of a cycle that God invented. And sowers are constantly looking for good soil. You see, you'd be a sower, but you'd be an unwise sower if you threw your seed somewhere that wasn't good soil, right? Sowers look for good soil. 
I'm sorry, read the Bible. The poor, the struggling, the needy, that's good soil to always sow seed. Those asking alms, the Bible would commit. So number one, sowers live in God's cycle of receiving from him, benefiting from him, but also blessing others. Number two, sowers are blessed, but they understand that they're blessed to be a blessing. When you read about the stories of Abraham that came before Noah, the promise of God over his life was, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Let's always make sure that God's blessing doesn't stop with us. Let's never become a dead end when God wants us to be a part of a cycle. Let's always recognize when God brings provision into our life and our home. But also let's recognize when something sounds like seed. Let's constantly be looking for opportunities. Again, it doesn't have to be millions or thousands. Sometimes it can be, it can be a pound. Sometimes it can be five pounds. Sometimes it can be spending your energy. Sometimes it can be helping someone practically. And number three, let us always remember that life is a garden and we are wise farmers. So let's always be careful what we sow and when we choose to sow it. Whenever I'm coming into a time when people say famine, I sow. Whenever people are sowing into stuff that they shouldn't, bad attitudes, grumbles, church splits, any, I don't sow into that rubbish because I don't want that rubbish coming back into my life. Let's be living not just to bless people in the church, but like we've done in this incredible initiative to bless our community, let's always be conscious of the world that Jesus has positioned us in and the very real need within that world. One thing that has happened during COVID is some people seem to have got wealthier. My other people have lost what they even had. Social services don't know what to do to meet the need. So they're now looking at the church. This is our moment to step forward and say we will care for those that need care. We will bless those who need blessed. Not those who deserve to be blessed because God's grace says he blesses those who didn't deserve it. I think that's the seagulls on the roof getting excited. They're like, sow that seed, Andy. Has this been useful today? If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, that's the best seed you will ever sow. That you take your life and you sow it into him so that he can cause you to become everything he meant for you to be just going to lead you in a quick prayer if that's okay and feel free to pray along with me then I'm just going to give an opportunity at the end for someone to respond if they'd like to don't have to it's all your choice but could we pray this together as a church thank you heavenly father for sowing Jesus on the earth 
thank you, Jesus. That's like a, like a seed you died and were buried. But on the third day, you rose again. Now I can find forgiveness and brand new life through faith in you. Jesus, I believe in you. I need you. I want you to turn my world around. I give my life to you today. Amen. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you've drifted away and today you need to come back. I'm going to count to three and when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to do one last thing for me and that's very boldly with stacks of courage. I'm going to ask you, if that's you today and you've never known God or you're coming back to God today, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me, heaven. That's me, Andy. That's me today. One, two, three. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that second hand. God bless you. I see that third hand. God bless you. I see that fourth hand. Wow, we've got four people on this side. How about in the middle? Is there anyone in the middle? One in the front, three at the back. Anybody in the middle and you say, yeah, that's my prayer today, Andy. How about on the right-hand side, your left, my right? Is there anyone here today and you don't know where you stand with God, but you'd like to start a relationship today? I'm just going to give one last few seconds. So thankful for those three people at the back, this, this person down the front. Love that. So excited. Father, I just speak blessing over them today and I just thank you for a day of new beginnings. I thank you that old things are passed away and behold, all things become new right now. I thank you that the sinner that they may have been has died and they've just become a righteous person with Christ living in them. Come fill them up, Holy Spirit, and let their lives spin in a new direction for your glory today. Amen. Amen. Isn't that exciting, guys? Four people responding to Jesus. Listen, if you responded this morning to Jesus, we've got a team of people called Disciple Makers, and they're just going to come and ask, what else can we do? How can we help you now? If they don't come to you, please will you meet them. Give them two minutes in that corner at the back. They've got a Bible they want to give you. They've got stuff they want to give you. And just find out how we can help, help you to walk forward. Amen. So it's been a great morning. Don't forget, if you wanted to give into the uh, vision offering, you've still got opportunity online. Have an incredible week. God bless you. See you next Sunday.